of you here today. Uh, my name's Paul Johnson. I'll be the interim uh, pastor, though, you know, I was right at the start with uh, Highlands back when it first was Woodridge Delano, and uh, I set up all those, uh, all the Sunday school classrooms and all the things back at the grade school, and have been a, a regular here over time, but it's a real privilege to fulfill this role. You'll see on the take ownership sheet, if you got a copy of that, uh, my email is there. You can contact me, and I would love to connect with you on any kind of issues. I'm meeting with the staff. We're excited about the future. And I want to uh, start by talking about some things about our future. Uh, one is our immediate future would be, if you're not in a house group, consider signing up for a house group. You'll see some slides about that in the back. Um, it is a great opportunity for you to grow spiritually and get to know more about God. And on the sheet, there's a QR code. You can go on that code and find out how to sign up and get in a group of people that would be meaningful and impactful in your life. Also, I want to offer you two things that I regularly do. I write a daily devotion called SOAP, and it's Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. And it's one sentence. I write it for guys. Because my, my wife, Darla, will read these long devotions. And then she will take notes, these long notes on uh, the things she's learned. And if we're ever doing a Bible study together, she'll look at, she'll go, you've got five words. You wrote down, you read all that and you did, you wrote. I said, Darla, they're five good words. They, uh, they, that's all I had. So it's a devotion that you can do and two to four minutes, and it's a great way to start your day if you're not already doing a devotion. And then one other thing that we found that's been real helpful for people in terms of their spiritual development is uh, we text out a verse at 10 a.m. and then at 2 p.m. And what I like to talk about it is uh, the Holy Spirit tapping you on the shoulder and reminding you that God is real and God is available to you. And uh, if you'd like that, again, there's a QR code. You can sign up for that. It, for me, has been a, a good way of just uh, throughout the day remembering God's present and that God is powerful. And then I, I wanted to give you an update uh, related to our finances. The great news is after uh, Aaron's challenge last week, the deficit's gone. So that, isn't that great news? But I have a new challenge for you. You know, I don't know if you remember, uh, if any of you did this, but you know, some people buy a starter home, then they buy an intermediate home, and then they buy kind of the home of their dreams. Well, because of our partnership with Aspen Grove, the Highlands was sort of able to skip the first two steps and just, I would tell you, for new churches, a building like this is just a dream come true. Here's the challenge, and maybe you remember it when you were young, or maybe you're right in the midst of it right now. But starting in September, we not only have to pay the interest payment, we have to pay the principal payment. And the principal payment is about $8,000 each month. So 
here's what we need to do before we can search for and call a new lead pastor, we need to cover that principal payment. So I want to challenge you to review your financial giving, even if it's increasing at $10 a week. You know, there, there are lots of ways I could give you illustrations. If we have 700 people and everybody gave a dollar a day, and that's never how giving should be given or is given, that would be like $250,000. So um, what I want to challenge you to do is think about uh, could you increase your financial giving and could you uh, do that uh, as soon as possible? Because as soon as we know that we are covering that gap, then we'll be able to search for a lead pastor. It just, you know, you know it with your household uh, finances. Now, the staff uh, is very committed to hold costs down and to look at uh, the expenses that are, are being spent so that we can possibly save money there and help with that project. But it also will be part of... Uh, your financial commitment. So in a second, I'll pray for you and pray about that and invite you to do it. Last thing, and Aaron mentioned it last week, there was a huge response for people signing up to help with our grade school and early childhood program. Uh, we still have open slots there. And I would like to ask you after the service, after we celebrate communion and sing the songs we'll sing, to go on out and make sure you sign up and take advantage of the opportunity to serve at least uh, one hour once a month. Better two hours, two different weeks, uh, uh, once or twice a month. Uh, whatever you can do will make a big, big difference in helping us to support and grow and, and really care and love on all the children that we have. Well, I, I want to pray for us. And then we'll dive into our scripture talk for today. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we thank you that we get to gather together to give you praise, to thank you for your goodness, the, your presence in our life, the, the work you do to guide and direct us. Um, Lord, we, we pray for the Highlands that you, you'll help us to take ownership and, and in a whole new way, uh, take responsibility for seeing the good news of who you are spread all throughout our area. We thank you for the partnership and we pray for Mercy Hill and we pray for uh, Woodridge. And then we, we pray beyond that, Lord, for the people we partner with uh, around the world. What we think of our, our partners in Togo and how today they've already been about sharing good news and starting new churches and seeing people come into faith. And Lord, our prayer is that we'll never lose sight of the desire to reach out and care and love on more people. Now, Lord, we invite you to do the miracle that only you can do and take the words that I speak and the scriptures that I read. And would you fashion a message for each one of us so that every one of us today would leave this place with a greater sense of your reality and, and really with the sense that you've done spiritual work 
in our mind, in our emotion, in our will. And we invite you to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to look at one of my favorite passages in the Bible. In fact, I uh, pitched the idea of doing the book of Galatians two years ago to our teaching team. We work as a team. We plan together what we'll teach among the three sites. We have different pastors write up the um, materials for the different talks. In fact, uh, a lot of our youth pastors, including Brody, have been part of writing up the uh, work for Galatians. And the reason that I wanted to do Galatians was to get to this talk. Um, It has been probably one of the most vital things I've ever had a chance to teach to people and one of the most vital things that could impact my life. So as we start out, I wanted to just, I I, I found this uh, as I was doing my Instagram one day, and I thought it was so funny. I watched it like five times. I just want to put a smile on your face as as we get into this talk. So if we could pull up that video. When you leave the baby with dad. Catch the shirt too. Is, and is, uh, is it? Do any of you dads relate to that? You kind of go, is there in a, a clever, uh, strategic way that I could watch the kids when I'm left with them? Now, maybe for some of you moms, you go, that is an absolutely horrible, even evil idea. And in some ways, that gets at the passage we're going to look at today. Because it's about what strings are pulling you. And in the tug of war, are you, of your life, are you really winning? And are you being pulled towards love and concern for other people? Or are you being pulled in a different direction? Listen to what the Apostle Paul, profound words, wrote in Galatians 5, 16 to 25. It it says there, so I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful state of human beings. Now, in some versions of the Bible, that's translated flesh, but it doesn't refer to like our flesh and blood. It refers to the brokenness that comes into our life because of sin. So I substituted in sinful state of human beings. For the sinful state of human beings desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful state of human beings. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, that's the game changer. We'll talk about that in just a minute. You are not under the law. Paul writes, the apostle Paul, the acts of the sinful state of human beings are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and I just love this. And he adds, and the like. Like if you didn't make the list, and the like, I could go on and on and on to we're all included in that less. And there are all ways that we take control and act out. But then he contrasts it with the fruit, or you could say the result of the Spirit. 
The result of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, which means patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then he says, against such things there's no law. What does he mean by that? Those kind of qualities exceed the minimum requirement that you would set by any law or rule. So those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful state of human beings with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Now I want to tell you some very important and profound principles that come out of this. One is this. Do you know that naturally you will gratify the desires of the sinful state of human beings? There's a brokenness in every single person and it will be expressed in one way or another and in lots of different ways. It's in me, it's in you, it's in your spouse, it's in your kids, it's in your boyfriend, it's in your girlfriend. You know what? Uh, Sometimes people will talk about a Christian leader that has a fault, does something really dumb, and, and ends up losing the ministry that they had. And people always ask me, doesn't that shock you? Doesn't that surprise you? And I go, not at all. Not at all. I've been around the block long enough to know that all of us and any of us are capable of all kinds of awful and terrible and, and, and sometimes just mediocre kind of bad behavior because of the brokenness in our mind and our emotions and our will from that sinful condition of the human heart. Second principle I want to share with you. Do you know that there is a battle, a tug of war between the sinful state of human beings and the Holy Spirit and every person who believes in Jesus? So if you believed in Jesus, you have the power of God's Spirit available in your life, but it, there also is a tug of war that happens. Look at verse 24. It says there, those who belong to Christ Jesus. And you know how you belong to Christ Jesus? If you believe in Jesus, you belong to Jesus, and you gain all the benefits of his death on the cross and all the benefits of his resurrection. It says, if you belong to Christ Jesus, you have crucified the sinful state of of human beings with its passions and desires. In other words, it's put to death, but that death won't be complete until you go to heaven. You know, that when you go to heaven, people say, what will heaven be like? You know, one of the most amazing things when you get to heaven, you go, I can't even be sarcastic. I can't even think a mean thought. I'm loving everybody. I'd never have a bad conversation. I always understand people and people always understand me because that inner condition of the sinful state of human beings is finally and completely put to death. In this life, the way you could look at it is it's disabled but not removed. So it's still available for you to access. So the normal state of human beings, even a human being who believes in Jesus, is a tug of war or a standoff. You know what happens in that standoff? 
The spirit pulls you one way. I'm always going to have the spirit direction going towards the cross. And the sinful state of human beings pulls you the other way. And you know what happens? See if you can relate to this. You, you know what to do. You know how to live. You know what is right and true and beautiful. But because of the tug of war going on, the stalemate going on, you can't do it. Have you ever felt that in your life? Seen that in people you love? Where you know they know the truth? They, they, you, you know they actually want to do what is true and right but it seems like they have no ability to carry it out. Look at verse 17. It says, For the sinful state of human beings desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful state of human beings. That's that tug of war where there's a stalemate. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. You know that when it says do what you want. The, the Greek word used there is not like for a whim that you have or a, 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 a minor desire, a wish. It's one of the strongest words in Greek for desire or commitment or conviction. What it's saying is, I deeply know what I want to do and who I want to be. I want to live what's right, true, and good but I don't end up doing it. In fact, lots of times, I end up doing the opposite. Doesn't that explain so much about human nature? Isn't it remarkable how that explains what goes on even in the life of a Christ follower? Now, you could hear that and go, but, but Paul, where is the hope? I mean, that explains how we can know what's right to do, but not do it. But, but where's the hope? Well, siding with the Holy Spirit. This is principle number three. Is the game changer. Look at verse 18. It says, but if you are led, in other words, you follow the direction of the Spirit, you are not under the law. You exceed the requirements of the law. If you side with or are led by the Spirit, you break the cycle of knowing what to do and yet being unable to do the good that you want to do. Now, how do you receive the Holy Spirit? You receive the Holy Spirit when you believe in Jesus. Because when you believe in Jesus, you belong to Jesus and you gain all the benefit of his death on the cross. That means when you put, and it doesn't have to be a lot of faith, it's just the faith you have. When you trust Jesus, you acknowledge your sin and ask him to be your savior and leader. What happens is all of your sin, all of your shame, all of your guilt is put to death on Jesus's cross and is gone. So if we could go to the heavenly realm right now and we pulled up the big, big screen. God's got a big screen up there. And then we said, pull up, Paul Johnson's life and show every wrong thing that he's ever done and play it out. You know what would appear on the screen? Nothing. Nothing. Because Jesus paid it all. It's all gone. 
but you not only get the benefits of Jesus's death on the cross, and a lot of Christ followers forget this, you get the benefit of his resurrection. On the third day, he rose from the dead. The two primary benefits of his resurrection, one is this. There'll come a moment where every one of us will take a last breath, we'll pull it in, and it might not even fully come out. And in that instant, in a nanosecond, you will be brought to the very presence of Jesus in the heavenly realm. As Jesus rose from the dead, you will rise from the dead and you will live with him for all of eternity in a place far beyond anything we could imagine. But the second benefit of Jesus' resurrection that you receive when you believe in him and belong to him, is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, fully and completely indwells you. You are indwelled with the power and presence of God to provide leadership in your life in everything you do. So look down at verse 25. It says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Now, uh, back when uh, I got married, Darla and I got married, and I was, uh, we were both 20. And, you know, you're not that smart at 20, but boy, Darla was smart. You know what she did? She took my wedding ring, and she engraved inside my wedding ring, Galatians 5, 25. She said, that's your life first. I didn't pick my life first. She picked it. And you know, basically what she was saying is, Paul, if you are led by the Spirit, since we live by the Spirit, since the Spirit gives us life, if you are led by the Spirit, then this marriage is going to do fine. Your ministry is going to do fine. Your life is going to do fine. Because God will be at work in your life. See, um, in the tug of war where the spirit pulls us one way and the uh, sinful state of human beings pulls us the other way and it's a stalemate, when you choose to be led by the spirit and the, the word there when it says to be led by the spirit it is the same word that was used in Greek for choreographing a dance. So it's not like general direction for the next five years. It is day by day, moment by moment, even step by step guidance through the Holy Spirit to guide and direct your life in the direction that God wants to go. Now, because all of our life, we've been pretty good at following the sinful state of human beings. Following the Spirit is counterintuitive. How many of you are left-handed? Raise your hand if you're left-handed. Okay, well, we got a few lefties here. Good. Uh, okay, so when we're going to all raise our non-dominant hand. So I'm right-handed, so I'm going to raise my left hand. So raise your non-dominant hand. Okay, now hold it down in front of you. You know what I found is most of the time, I, I can do about 25% 
of what I like to do with my non-dominant hand. Guys, have you ever tried to shave with your non-dominant hand? It, it can be a pretty bloody mess at times. And uh, there are all kinds of things I can't do, but with practice, I probably could do. Well, following the Spirit is like using your non-dominant hand. So I want you to do is take your non-dominant hand like you were holding a rope in a tug of war and move it towards the cross. So move it that direction. Pull it back and move it to the cross and move it to the cross. When you, throughout your day and each and every day, God will guide and direct you in things that you can do, in the tug of war that you side with the Spirit, and instead of the acts of the sin nature coming, the acts and power of God's Spirit begin to dominate your life. And you know what? What, at event, at what starts out feeling unnatural becomes so much more natural and normal. Well, I wanted to illustrate this in one other way. So I want to ask uh, Sean and Samuel to come on up, okay? Where are Sean and... Come on on, give them a big round of applause. Okay, come right up on the stage. In a second, I'm going to ask you to pick this rope. But first, I need, I need you to vote with your applause. First, I need you to both make very devious faces like you were the sinful state, okay? Make that face, let people see, okay? Okay, who thinks Sean should be the uh, sinful state? Clap if you want him. Okay, how about Samuel? I, I need it louder. How, how about Sean? Sean, I'm going to vote that you're the sinful state. You go over here. Samuel, you go over here. You're representing the spirit. Pull that taut. Okay? Now, just, and just taut. Just taut. See, it's a battle. Now, whenever I... Uh, am just neutral, I lose. And then whenever I side with the sinful state, I'll just take one step. If you pull me this way, one step, and I, I end up going the wrong way. We all relate to that. So let's come back in the center. But when I go, I am going to choose to follow the Jesus way. I'm going to choose the direction and leadership of Jesus through the power of the Spirit and I put my hand on and just that, even though they've got it taut, just my little tug and step back just a little bit. Oh, just pull it back. Yeah, don't, don't fall off there. We'd get sued if we did that. No. And you know what happens? My life begins to become spiritually empowered. It's that simple. It's moment by moment. It's day by day. For you, it could be 10, 20 decisions. And if you side with the Spirit, then you are going the way of God. And you know what? If you go, wow, I sort of swished and I'm allowing the sinful state to prevail, you just go, Jesus, I'm sorry. Would you help me side with the Spirit? And in that instant, he'll get you going the other way. Hey, would, let's put the rope down. Would you give them a big round of applause? So one last thing before we wrap up this talk. I hope the question you're asking is, how do I know if I'm led by the Spirit? Well, I'll tell you the primary ways that you can experience being led by the Spirit. One is by Scripture. There might be something that I said today, remember I prayed it right at the start, that's sticking in your mind, and the Spirit is going to use you. The Spirit's going to go walk into that. 
Sign up for those daily uh, uh, verses. Sign up for the soaps. There might be things like that. where you It's not just you. It's more than you. And you know that that's from God. So scripture is a great way to hear from God. The primary way that my wife Darla hears from God. A, a second way is through promptings. And, and promptings are uh, ideas that come into your mind. And you go, well, you can't trust every idea that comes in your mind. You're absolutely right. But like I tell my wife, Darla, if, if it's good, I go, it's probably from God. And if it's not good, I go, it's probably from the sinful state of my, uh, of my conscious mind. But there are all kinds of things where something good, uh, write this person a note, call this person, um, uh, send, uh, send a little gift to this person. And again and again and again, though if you start to get sensitive to it, you will hear in your conscious mind things that will remind you of following after God and going the Jesus way. The third way is sometimes what other people say. Someone uh, who's a friend says something to you and what they say provides a basis of guidance and direction for you. Well, I found again and again, every single day that that happens in my life. I start my day at 5.40, I get up. The first thing I do, I, I plug my cell phone in down on the floor far enough away that when the alarm goes off, I've got a skedaddle over there so Darla doesn't wake up and I'm down on a knee. So I'm down on a knee and I, right on my knee like that, I get the phone, I turn it off, I look up and I go, you are God and I am not. I choose to die to self so that I can truly live. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I stumble out, I get a cup of coffee, I go downstairs, I read my Bible, I walk, and I pray. And I do that enough till I have a sense that I'm guided by the Spirit. Now, I'll give you just one illustration of being guided by the Spirit. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we were at a pastor's gathering, and it was up on this one. We went up on a Monday and the first thing that was going to happen is a bunch of pastors were going to go out on this pontoon boat. It was going to be a good time. We'd get to talk to each other. And we got out on the boat and we're talking. And a lot of us didn't know each other. My wife, Darla, was along. And I was trying to get conversation going. So I was asking questions back and forth. We were talking about lots of stuff. And I, but, you know, I, I was talking a lot. I wasn't just asking questions. When there was downtime, I was talking a lot. And about 10 minutes before we pulled up to the dock, it, it, something in my mind just said, you've been talking a lot. And I thought, well, no, I've been asking questions. They've just been shy. They hadn't been talking that much. And then it was like, again, no, you've been talking a lot. We got off the boat. We're walking on the dock. Darla goes, while you were talking a lot on that boat ride. And, you know, I just stopped right there. And I thought, God, you're probably trying to get my attention. And I don't know if I wanted to impress those other pastors. I don't know if I felt insecure around those other pastors. I don't really care what was causing the problem. But I just prayed and I said, Holy Spirit, would you guide me through this day to be different than that around 
these pastors and their wives in the days to come. And right away, a verse in the Bible came into my mind. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. And I said it three times out loud, just real quietly. Darla was standing there. Be quick to listen, slow to speak. And then the other thought that came into my mind, since it was a good thought, I thought it was a God thought, is ask more questions and be quick to listen and slow to speak. So funny, the next day about noon, we were breaking up this little pastor's retreat. And this guy came up that I had met and had a number of good talks with during the time. And he put his arm around me, gave me a little hug. He said, you know, you are the best question asker and listener I have ever seen in my life. And it's like I want to just do a high five with the Holy Spirit. A high five with Jesus. Because in the battle, and we're all in the battle, the Spirit led me to a way that prevailed. That can be your story every single day. Now in just a moment, I'm going to pray. Our worship team will come back out and play songs. I'll invite you to come up to the communion tables. There on each of the tables, there's gluten-free bread. Just ask and they'll tell you which one of the containers has gluten-free if you're gluten-sensitive. And as you take the bread and as you take the cup, look to the cross and remember that if you believe in Jesus, you belong to Jesus, and your life has been changed. Your heart, your mind, your very will has been changed and will be changed as you choose, since you live by the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit. Will you stand up? I'm going to pray. We'll come and celebrate communion and sing these beautiful songs as we close our service. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, would you allow us each and every day to experience the spiritual miracle of following after the lead of the Spirit and see our lives transformed? We invite you to do that now, even as we take steps, step by step, to come to this table and then go back and remember all that has been done for us and to live in and lean on the power and might and wonder that is accomplished through the Lord Jesus. Let us follow the Jesus way by the power of the Spirit. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. The ushers will dismiss you row by row to come and celebrate communion.
Take the whole world. Give me Jesus. Let all else fade away. Let all else fade away. the world. 
God, I pray that uh, the new life that we have found would look so much better and that it just wouldn't even be a choice anymore, that we would just lean into you and keep running after you, Jesus, and keep finding our identity in you and keep finding our peace in you, Jesus. Because, God, we've all gone those ways, and we know where those ways lead us. We know that they don't lead us towards peace. Amen. Highlands, go in love, and we'll see you next week.
take rest Cause the living God is living in my chest Every day I wake up feeling blessed And even if I don't, I see it as a test <laughs> Cause I was lost until you found me now 